Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're walking closely through uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. We're in chapter four, looking at it uh, from your new translation, The Truth, Colin. Yesterday we were talking about uh, where Jesus went between his death and resurrection and... uh, picking it up from there. We've seen uh, both last week and yesterday that God's purpose is for his glory to be revealed in the church and for this to be really a witness to the whole of his creation that somehow the church is to have an impact on the whole of creation not not just on on uh, you know the people in the world at this time. And now we come to a very familiar passage about what is called the fivefold ministry, or usually that's what it's called. Let me just read from verse 11 of chapter 4. This same Lord Jesus appointed some of those who belonged to him to be apostles, responsible for the ordering of his church, others to be those through whom he would speak prophetically to his people. Some were anointed to be evangelists who would reap a harvest of souls for God's kingdom. Others he made pastors with hearts of love and compassion to care for his people. Still others he made teachers, those who live his word and can enable others to do likewise. Now, in these few verses, I've been a little bit more interpretive than in most of um, this translation. Um, I, I don't make any apologies for that. Um, I did ponder and pray long over these particular verses, but it's important for people to understand what Paul is saying, and this is the brief that God gave me to bring out the understanding, not just to translate the words to bring out what they mean, without, of course, the thing becoming a commentary. And so, you know, we read in the original, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, but what do those words mean? And uh, as far as it's possible to give a very brief definition of of the ministry, if you like, of, of these respective um, orders that God has placed in his church, I, I've tried to do this to bring out, well, what is an apostle? Now, he's lots of things. And, and just to say that he's responsible for the ordering of his church is, is just really one overall overarching responsibility that an apostle has. But nevertheless, that's why the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, because the apostles are really responsible for the ordering of God's church. And you see that in the Acts of the Apostles, and it becomes obvious in, in several of the epistles. Um, what is a prophet? A prophet is someone who really doesn't just bring prophecies, but a prophet is someone who speaks from the heart of God to the hearts of his people, but also lives a prophetic life. An evangelist is someone who literally gospelizes people. That's what the word means. It doesn't mean that you just bring people to an initial response to the gospel, but you see people's lives transformed from those that lived outside the kingdom into those that live the life of the kingdom. In other words, they become men and women of the word. So an evangelist is not someone just gets 
people to raise hands at an evangelistic meeting, but he sees their lives are brought into line with God's word. Pastors are those who are there to care, to nurture, and to to see um, the members of the church released in their respective ministries. He's not there just to troubleshoot the problems in people's lives. He's there actually to do a very positive thing. A pastor is someone who leads the sheep to the pasture, who leads them in the ways of righteousness. And then what is a teacher? A teacher is not someone who just can gets his concordance and commentaries and produces a teaching about the Word of God, but a teacher is someone who is living the Word and can teach others how to live the Word because um, leadership in the New Testament is by example, not by dictate. You show people uh, how to obey the Lord and how to follow Jesus. So from this pattern, do we presume that uh, a church would have more than one leader? No, what we're, we're not talking here so much of leadership as a variety of ministries. Now, why, why does God give? The, these are called five ministries. They're really five different anointings, but why has God given them? Well, in verse 12, he explains, all these various ministries have a common purpose. They are to prepare God's people to serve him, happily doing the works God prepared for them. This is what will enable the body of Christ to be built up in the way he desires and will bring people into unity in their faith, sharing in a common knowledge and experience of God's Son. Having servant hearts shows that people are mature in their life in Christ and that they are able to enjoy everything God has made available to us in him, the fullness of his life that he came to impart. Now, you see... The essential thing that Paul says is that all these ministries, these five different anointings, have a common purpose. They're all working together for this common end. And that end is to prepare God's people to serve him, happily doing the works God prepared for them. So actually... God knows that all five of these ministries are needed to properly equip or prepare God's people for his purposes. If he could do it with just one or two, that's all he would have supplied. But God knows the church needs the apostolic breakthrough anointing and the apostolic uh, anointing to keep the church on track, to make sure it doesn't get... Um, swayed by this fashion, that fashion, um, this emphasis, that emphasis, but to keep the whole church moving in the purposes of God, under the anointing of God, fulfilling the word of God. Then the prophets are needed because they will bring the revelation of what is on God's heart at this time. Now, you'll find that all apostles are very prophetic, but you can have many prophetic people that are not apostles. So the, apostle, the, prof, the prophets will work with the apostles in really determining what the will and purpose of God is at any particular time. Then the evangelists are there to gospelize the people, to bring their lives in line with the word of God, and the pastors to lead them forward in fulfilling that plan and purpose that God has revealed through the apostles and prophets. Uh, 
and then the teachers are there to teach the people how to do all this in practice. So that's why God provided these five working together. Now, Paul then says that it's these these works of service or the way in which people God's people serve him enables the body of Christ to be built up. It's not built up through the apostles or through the evangelists or through the pastors, but through all these ministries enabling the people to serve God obediently in his will and purpose. It's that obedience, it's that service of God's people that causes the church to grow. And they're all needed, they're all necessary. Absolutely. So a church that is a real church is is not a church that depends upon the anointed preacher and you know the personality of the leadership or anything like that, but it's a body of people, all of whom are serving, all of whom are reaching out with the gospel into the community around, everybody realizing that his or her ministry is of significance and importance. A church like that will be built up. It will grow not only in size, but in influence in the community. And God's purpose will be fulfilled in that way. Otherwise, what you can get is a lot of congregations that are not really churches, they're preaching stations because you've got an anointed preacher and people like to come to the service. Oh, he's such a good preacher. I, I get so edified by the teaching. But there's not necessarily a relationship. There's not necessarily love of one another. There's not necessarily a working together of people in that congregation to go out and serve the community. In other words, if you're just dependent upon the ministry of the leadership, you you can do that without ever discovering your own ministry. But what Paul is saying is the body of Christ is built up by every member discovering their own ministry. Because what is a ministry? It's a service. The way in which they are called to serve God and every member being obedient to that, that particular service or ministry that God has for him or her, that's how the church gets You know, I can just hear hear people saying, Colin, oh, well, that's all very well, but that's certainly not my experience of church. No, it isn't, but that's why the church is not effective in fulfilling its call in the nation. Uh, If if the church was effectively fulfilling God's purpose, this nation would not be in the mess it's in now. Morally, spiritually, we wouldn't see the kind of corruption and all kinds of other stuff that goes on. We wouldn't see the anti-God and ungodly legislation that is sometimes um, not only passed by Parliament, but we see in other public bodies. There is an undercurrent of anti-Christian, anti-biblical stuff that's going on at this time. And this is a challenge to the church. And I think this is a time for the church to wake up, stand up, and really stand up for what it believes, for what we believe, and for what we stand for. Um, Because, you know, um, we have the victory through Jesus, and he will vindicate the truth. But we've got to proclaim that truth, and we've got to make sure that people hear the truth. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 